0: Welcome to Feminine Hijinks, where we're here to reinvent the other side of forty with sass,
1: crass, and and kicking ass. ass. Yeehaw, (laughs) partners! My name is Angie Bailey, and
0: I'm Susie Schubert. And on the agenda today, the magical Vagenda, we found this article <laughs> that talks about the general qualities of a Gen X person at their workplace, how they work, their motivations. And do we agree? Well, we're going to find out because the this topic in general is super duper interesting and we think that you're going to find the same.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. I really loved reading it and... You know, most of it, I was definitely nodding my head. So it'll be fun to talk about.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. Well, it's like anything else, you know, how like, oh, the perfect job for a Pisces or the perfect job for a Libra. (laughs) You know, I mean, I think that there's definitely a generalization. But within that, there are definitely some um, some commonalities. So so (laughs) now that we're in the ladies room in our cone of silence we're, no one can take away from us um, the sacredness of the moment.
1: Except maybe, unless... <laughs> I mean, we are in the ladies' room, after all. The sacred fart.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, the sacred fart. It's like, you know how sometimes during the beginning of meditation, you know, you'll know, you hear the Tibetan bells or you'll hear the singing bowl <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> At the beginning of our ladies' room, you hear the the fart, <laughs>
1: the fart. But it would have to be Chris, like talking through the meditation, because of the way he would say "fart," A fart. And now we yes. hear the sacred fart. <laughs> Close your eyes and listen for the sacred fart. <laughs> I think we're on to something, Ange. I think we so. Yeah. Our own new meditation. That, you know, that's actually kind of a funny idea. We should think about that. Well, I have a friend, my friend Greg Berman has a podcast that he does a 10 minute meditation meditation, and it is hilarious because it's total tongue in cheek. And he does that whole thing with the music and he's like, breathe in, breathe out. And then he jokes around about like things going on currently and he's really funny. So that's a great Great oh, podcast.
0: cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You put a nice. link up to that
1: podcast. It's really funny. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, all right, Pooper Scooper. What's your favorite?
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. I love that. Well, I actually got a COVID-19 test. Mm. Yes. I thought I'd bring it up because I know for me, before like the things, I, I didn't really know anything about the test, and it kind of scared me to death. Like, I've been hearing that you get this, like, q-tip that like practically gets shoved so far up your nose that it like touches your eyeball (laughs) and the idea of that scared me so much (laughs) apparently there was even a video going around of a guy like this big tough military guy getting the test and he's like literally crying through it because he just cannot handle how uncomfortable it is which i didn't want to watch Um, But the reason I got one is apparently um, if you they said here in Minneapolis, if you had been around any of the protests and obviously I'm sure this is all around because there are a lot of protests all over or even to the memorial site, which I went to, um, I've been to a couple times. They said you should probably get tested. And, you know, I feel fine, but you never know. There's that whole pre-symptomatic, asymptomatic thing. And, you know, like I've said to you before, Angie, I feel so it's funny because I feel part of me is rolling my eyes. Like, why am I getting this test? Because COVID is still going strong. In fact, Mm -hmm. they're saying it's peaking again, even though a lot of people seem to forget that it's happening now that things are (laughs) opening up. Um, And, you know, I'm just still going right back to work. So whatever. But at the same time, I also understand the need that. It's good to know uh, You know, both my husband and I are compromised and we're living with our kids. And since I have been to a place that they suggest I should do one, why not? I'll go do one. And so, like I said, I was really nervous about it, but I'm here to tell you it was not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. Mm. And it was super easy to do. I just signed up online and found the site made the appointment online, and then both uh, Corman and I went together, and we drove up, and it was so funny because you drive through this tent, and they kind of tell you about it, and they put the little kits on your windshield (laughs) (laughs) underneath each windshield wiper. Oh, cute. Yeah, and then you drive up, and then the actual um, nurses or, you know, whoever is doing the test, they meet you at your car, re-roll down the window, and they dick these things up your nose so they do it up each nostril I mean it it's not pleasant you know they put it up kind of far and they wiggle it around back and forth back and forth back and forth one side and they move to the other side and do the same thing um and it pinches and your eyes water but it certainly is not the end of the world
0: (laughs) so Chris wanted me to ask you he heard that they they swab it around for 15 seconds in each nostril is that true did it seem like it was that long
1: uh, I don't know if I would go 15 seconds. I mean, you know, it's hard to imagine, but it was definitely, you know, again, as much as I'd heard, oh, it's ho- it's horrible. It goes up to your brain. I also heard, oh, it's so quick. They just in and out. No, it's mm-hmm. not in and out, but I mm-hmm. don't know if it's that long on each side. I don't remember, but it, it was long. It wasn't just like one swipe and then you're done. They would mm-hmm. go around in a circle one way quite a few times, probably, about well, 10 times, and then around circle in the other way in both mm-hmm. nostrils. So are they going to call you with the results? So um, I'm part of this MyChart system through my, oh. yeah, the clinic. Yeah. And they said that's the fastest way if you're part of that. So I should hear within two to three days. Nice. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll be thinking of you.
0: So if you get a
1: positive result, what will you do? <laughs> Well, you know, the it, it's one of those knock on wood kind of things. I because I mean, you almost hate to put it out there, but part of me is almost like, I kind of wish I would just have it because then I would know, oh, I'm asymptomatic. I feel great. Like I'm not, then I wouldn't be so scared of the whole thing. But then again, there's no guarantee that I couldn't get it again and maybe I would have the symptoms. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know the protocol. I mean, obviously, they say, you know, if you have it, you will need to do the whole stay home for 14 days. Uh, don't be in the kitchen. Don't be sharing utensils. Don't be, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. So um, Corey's going to have to cook? <laughs> Yeah, he would have to cook and serve me on a silver platter, which would be awesome. I'll just sit in my adjustable bed and watch Little House on the Prairie all day long.
0: Oh, my God. It almost makes me wish that I also had a positive so I could come and join you.
1: Well, I wonder if you have to, like, call everybody that you've been in contact with, you know, because we've been keeping to the guidelines, but we have had people over on our deck, Mm -hmm. you know, and, it, mm-hmm. and we don't really share stuff, and if I do give them one of my beers or something, I make sure my hands are clean and all that. But still, I wonder if you would still need to, like, yes, I've been to Target. Yes, I've been to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think if I had been a guest at your house, I would want to
0: know that you were positive.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, it'll be interesting. I will keep you guys posted. Yes. As other than being at that... Um, that memorial site there really wasn't a reason for me to feel like I needed it at this moment but Mm -hmm. you know I'm also thinking as we sat in that line it was so creepy because I literally felt like I was in a movie like Contagion Mm -hmm. or something it was so creepy Mm -hmm. but then Corman's like you know this could become our norm this could be part of our life like every three to six months we just go get a test Mm
0: -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. right right very Interesting. interesting I know yeah
1: yeah, well, fingers crossed that Thanks, your results friend.
0: are what you want them to be.
1: <laughs> so that was my viral poop. Oh, God. Oh, and now no. we're flushing that away. Oh, and now man. it's time for yours. Okay, I
0: have a little tiny poop, and then I have a bigger poop that follows. <laughs> so That does happen sometimes, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you just kind of have to go with the flow and just... <laughs> You know, <laughs> I just appreciate what comes out. So my my little tiny poop is that, you know, I had that root canal a few weeks ago and I had a temporary crown. And yesterday I went and got the permanent crown on it. And I, I thought I would want some Novocaine. And she's like, well, let me just tug on it and see. And if it hurts, then whatever. Well, two seconds, it was off. Yeah. And so I was like, oh. Okay, she goes, well, that's the worst part of it. And I'm like, what the? So yeah, so then they put that on. And then while I was there, I had just a quick exam. And I have a couple of cavities I've got to get filled. But aside from that, oh, I've got to get a night guard, too, because I'm a total grinder.
1: Oh, you know, (laughs) that does not surprise me. Well, honestly, I had a mouth guard for a while. I had one made for me. And it was really nice when I worked at a dental office. That thing lasted about a week in my mouth. At night, I would throw it across the room because it would oh, really? keep me up all night. It drove me so crazy to have that in my mouth. But hmm. hopefully, you'll be better.
0: <laughs> I hope so. Well, and here's the other thing. The root canal and the crown maxed me out on my insurance benefits. So not ah. everything is cash. And that, that mouth guard's like $500.
1: Well, let me just tell you, and I know dentists out there and hygienists that may listen to the show will be really angry at me, but they, ha- they make those at Target, So, granted, you know, there's that if it fits your mouth really well, you probably will sleep better and and be more apt to keep it in your mouth, you Mm -hmm. know. But on the flip side, they do make them at Target. They're general. So what you do is you warm it up and then put it in your mouth so it, like, molds to your mouth. Mm -hmm. And maybe you'd want to try that first. I have one of those. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind.
0: well, I bought it, but I haven't, uh, I bought it two years ago, okay. but I haven't like heated it up and, you know, and I told him that's what I had. And he's like, well, those can be like, because they're so spongy that it actually makes you grind more.
1: Oh, I've never and heard so that.
0: I, I don't know if he's saying that because he wants to sell me the fancy, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But so we're going to look online and see what other options are out there and a good whatever.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But I just want to say the fact that you are so nonchalant about going back in there and getting some fillings Mm -hmm. and you're not worried about it at all. And you went through that procedure without anything. Dude, what a badass. And think about how, like you said, your life has changed. Like that's a fear that you don't have anymore. That's amazing. Totally. Yeah. And it, it was a fear that I've had for
0: years. It was always like, Even though everything else in the world seemed right, there was always this little simmer of fear that was always there. Like, what if something happens to my teeth and I have to go in? So, yeah, and I just don't have that anymore. So I do feel like a badass, I have
1: to say. I I don't know. I think that's a little more than a dingleberry. At least the worth of it is. (laughs) That's a small turd. but (laughs) A happy turd. A happy turd. Well, I've got a bigger,
0: happier turd to share. It's my oh, one year wedding anniversary oh. on Monday.
1: <laughs> I'm sure Chris would be so happy to hear you call your anniversary a turd. <laughs> oh
0: it's the best turd. It's a very it's a loving, matrimonious turd. A matrimonious turd. I don't even know if that's a word, but <laughs> I
1: don't know, but matrimonial. I matrimonial. Really like. I
0: don't know. <laughs> do you take this turd? <laughs> but, So, yeah, Monday is June 15th, the day that this sucker comes out, this podcast, and uh, it'll be one year. And it feels like a couple of months. Well, I mean, almost half of this last six months, we were sort of in lockdown. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, this is the weekend that we all got together and we're on the roof of my apartment building and oh, we said our vows. It was, such, vows. A great oh, it was such a great day. Oh, my gosh. So tonight we're going to go out of town for just a night just to drive up north for a romantic evening and then come back tomorrow. So we're going to celebrate a little. And then on Monday on our actual anniversary, we're going to order Indian food and have some Prosecco.
1: Oh, my gosh. Love the idea. Mm-hmm. Just please stay off your balcony. <laughs> Why? Because so you you're drinking champagne. Oh, and God. I don't to, <laughs> I don't oh. Why don't you order the food before you start drinking the Prosecco? Yes. Well, actually,
0: here's the thing. Since we got a car now, we have told ourselves we're not ordering Bite Squad anymore because we can actually go pick up the food now. Oh, so. my gosh. Smart. So that's going to save us money. And so we uh, actually really can't start drinking until we're already home with the food. So it's like a twofer. Wow. It just
1: solves all those problems. It solves
0: all the problems for sure. But anyway, so there's that. There's that. And I, you know, it's just uh, summertime is the best time ever. And even... When our pits are a little mm, (laughs) skinky-skanky, loomy deodorant can get that right on the target and make you smell fresh as a daisy.
1: I love that fresh as a daisy it's so true guys and you can order it through us if you go to our feminine hijinx podcast.com scroll down to the bottom and you will see the little picture of Lumi and click that and you can order it through us and then you're automatically up for a drawing of free Lumi that's right so now's the time to try it is the time to try, and they have wipes
0: and soaps and and roll-ons and tubes and just just go check it out. Take take a little a little mini vacation over to the Lumi site and
1: see <laughs>
0: check out their <laughs> offerings
1: for a romantic <laughs> anniversary. Oh, yeah, yes. and you know think about the swass this summer. Mm-hmm. Swass yes. being short for sweaty ass.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah,
1: it's perfect for that because at for least your, your pits sweaty ass can be.
0: It. Your sweaty ass can smell good anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. So anyway, so today we're talking about Gen X in the workplace, right?
1: We are, we are. We got, we found this article, Ange found this article, and it was so fascinating to kind of just take a look at, obviously as Gen Xers, what we kind of already knew, but just to put it down in words, and be able to see. And we just thought you'd think it was interesting too.
0: Absolutely. Now, Gen Xers are those born between 65 and 80. And so we're right in the middle there. And we've talked before how we're sort of the taint generation. We're right in the middle and what's so interesting about that in so many ways how the boomers are just very traditional and they you know they they like to know what to expect they are very driven and then the millennials are just very you know team oriented and sort of um, free form everything and we're kind of in the middle where we possess both traits because we were brought up by boomers yet you know we're tech savvy and we are able to blend in with the millennials a little more and also learn from them but then that puts us in a weird situation of so what do we we're the middle child again what do we do right
1: yeah yeah so like angie was saying we're the taint generation so Mm -hmm. i think that makes us generation t that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, yes. And I'm actually right on the cusp. The cusp. You are. Because I was born in 1966. So it's kind of interesting, um, but I was just looking now at the the boomers, which they say are focused, goal-oriented, and disciplined. And I can say I'm definitely more the Gen Xer of (laughs) Mm -hmm. independent. So these are the words they used, independent, value, work-life balance, and entrepreneurial, which totally fits me, and I think it totally fits you too, Ange. Absolutely. And, you know, no
0: small part of that is because we were latchkey kids.
1: Yes. Yes. Because think Mm -hmm. about it. A lot of us had, I um, only lived with my mom, not my dad, but regardless of whether you had both parents or one, they were working during the day for probably, and then you were home by yourself. Well, we laughed about that all the time. How, you know, we get home from school, we sit down and we watch the Brady Bunch or whatever. And we're pretty much on our own. And I literally remember having a list of chores, mowing mm-hmm. the lawn or doing all the stuff that I just had to do. It was part of my job of living in the household. And so, yeah, we were very independent. Did, did
0: you, though? Like, this was me. I, I had this list of chores to do, and I would do them all 15 minutes before my mom got home. <laughs> like, I would sit around and watch TV and eat shit and talk on the phone, do whatever, and then it's like, oh, damn, it's almost time for mom to get home, and then I race around and do everything (laughs) that I need to do, and then none the wiser she was. None
1: the wiser. Well, they probably didn't care as long as it got done, but honestly, I don't remember that. The one thing I remember the most out of everything was grabbing, in the summertime, grabbing my yellow Walkman and putting my cassette tape of Wendy O'Williams inside And mowing the lawn to my music, my rock music, and just, I actually did not mind that chore because it was kind of fun with my, with my Walkman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 People either love mowing the
0: lawn or don't. I'll tell you a little secret. I have never (laughs) mowed one lawn in my life. Oh my God, that's unbelievable! Well, I grew up in apartments. Oh, yeah. So I never had to. Yeah, and and then you know we've owned three houses, but I, you know, my ex husband loved mowing the lawn. I didn't, and so, yeah, so why I why not didn't let him have that do joy? it. right Right? so I just don't have but people you know my friend Nikki she loves mowing the lawn
1: people just sometimes love it I I wouldn't say I love it but it definitely I knew how to rock the task by rocking the music while I did mm. it I remember I also had to snow blow the snow and I hated mm. it because our snow blower was so like you know you had to pull the thing to get it to start and it often wouldn't start and I would flood it and all that so yeah I had to do all that shit
0: Mm -hmm. i was was the man of the house that's (laughs) right you were man you know i I, but i do think all those things really do make us better independent workers and entrepreneurial and and we're also like we don't like to listen to authority so much you know i mean it's just it's yeah
1: yeah i mean think about that it makes sense that if you were left to yourself a lot then you mm-hmm. got used to doing things your own way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I do find that really interesting. And like you mentioned earlier, Ange, being between the, the boomers and the millennials, you know, it's a cool space because we kind of get the best of both worlds. But it often mm-hmm. can be a tough place because we don't, you know, it's like you're you, sometimes it's, you feel really indecisive or you don't know exactly where you stand. So exactly. very interesting.
0: Totally. And also I was thinking that, um, one of the things I read in that article made so much sense. Like it's what we want to hear is here's the objective. And then we get to figure out how to get there.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'll read, like I wrote down the common characteristics and we can talk about them. I thought they were just so interesting. And so like, yes, you know, Mm -hmm. so one of them was values autonomy so that's kind of what you were just talking about. Like, mm-hmm. let us give us what to do and we will just go do it. And we, we like that. We don't want to be micromanaged. Um, no. Expects flexibility. So mm-hmm. same kind of thing, like being able to complete our tasks, how and when we want to. And um, this said, too, they tend to love the prospect of working from home and being able to spend more time on personal pursuits. Yeah, Which is so true. Mm-hmm. And then clear goals and deliverables. So I thought this was really true, too. Like as much as we like to be independent, we also like to have a plan. Yes. Like I remember, believe it or not, back in the day, I used to teach Sunday school, which makes me laugh so hard, right? now. <laughs> Those poor, I, poor I used chilled. to teach Sunday school, too. <laughs> I taught all the
0: middle schoolers.
1: Oh, my God. Isn't that hilarious? I know. I know. I I actually tag-teamed it with this other woman, and we were so different. If there wasn't, you know, because they had the youth director, and she was the one that came up with a plan of what we would talk about that day and teach, and there was always an outline. Well if she wasn't there or I would show up and there wouldn't be an outline, I'd be freaking out like, Oh my God, what do I teach the kids? How am I going to do it? There's no outline. Whereas the person that I kind of partnered with, those were her favorite days because she Mm -hmm. got to do whatever she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just thought it was really interesting like that. I think that's also a personality thing because quite Mm -hmm. honestly, she was a boomer. So you'd Mm -hmm. think I'd actually be more flexible than she would be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I do think that in general, do you agree that even though you like your independence, you also are more comfortable with having some kind of guideline? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like I I like to have a guideline, but then I want
0: flexibility within that guideline. I work good with deadlines. I, you you know, you and I are working on a couple of projects right now together and we have deadlines and now we get to figure out how we're going to get there together and we when we get there you know i mean exactly yeah but i do think that deadlines are motivating and i do like i like how we do the show how you create the show notes and it's just basically bullets and then we have the creativity to expand on those bullets throughout the show and it works every single time
1: yeah totally yeah so Mm -hmm. that was kind of an interesting thing um and then values work-life balance, like it can't, kind of like the flexibility is the same to pursue personal interests. But I also thought that um, I think we probably value work-life balance especially because we want to spend more time with family, our mm-hmm. kids. We want to, you know, have more to do with raising our kids than our. Parents did. Our parents were so separate from us, and you know I think we've talked about this before. It can go too far the other way too, mm-hmm. like where your kid runs the show and all this, like you let him do everything, and because you feel badly about how you were just ignored as a child in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, but I, I personally feel like that's one of the reasons work-life balance has always been important to me is I want to be home for dinner when I can for, with my family, and I want to be able to attend their concerts and their things like that, besides the creative Ew. pursuits. Absolutely no, yeah, hundred percent. And I see definitely see that
0: more in our generation. Like if you watch old TV shows from the seventies or the eighties or the sixties, it was always there was always a um, a good thing or an, an admirable thing if. The man worked 80 hours a week and then came home and oh he's tired here's yeah. a drink and, you know <laughs> like it's it just I mean even you know we were watching a little house on the prairie lately and pa is a machine he works <laughs> As
1: he's many a sweaty hours, machine.
0: he's a sweaty machine who sometimes cries and <laughs> and, and and that's just like there there's and I don't know there was more of a necessity back then but mm-hmm. through over the years it was sort of like a badge of honor that you you know work 80 hours a week or you know that must mean something good that must mean that you're um committed and you're you know willing to go the extra mile yeah and, but I think people of our generation, it's more like, shit, I owe as much time to my family as I do to my work. And a lot of employers see that and they're offering things like work from home or like Chris has Friday afternoons off in the summer. And yeah. so it's, yeah, I, I think that that it's men, especially we have been groomed to think that that's like a big thing that you work so much, right?
1: And then I feel like nowadays, people, you know, companies or whatever, overall, people are realizing that actually a well balanced person is a better worker, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Totally. But I just feel like our need to be around our families probably is a direct, um, you know, to coming directly from the fact that we weren't with mm-hmm. our parents very much, don't you think? Absolutely. I do. Yeah. I
0: do. And I, I, I mean, we've talked about this before, like how we really, you know, we're not, I guess we could be a little helicopter or used to be, you know, in the sense mm-hmm. that oh, kids, you know, stay in the yard versus we got to like run like feral children, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, I know exactly. The Tasmanian like, devil. <laughs> we are, or we were, yes, for sure. So I, I think that that absolutely we see that that we can make things better and different and we can, you know, create more of a relationship. But then there's also that that fine line where you could go overboard and your kids actually resent you because you're not giving them any independence. So yes, it's a balance. Yes, yeah. it, it
1: is such a balance. Um, Another characteristic they mentioned in this article is valuing education. Mm
0: -hmm. So a
1: college education, they say, is an expectation rather than a luxury. Mm -hmm. And wasn't that true as far as like when you were in high school? I mean, you were just going to college. There was Mm -hmm. no thought about whether or not from high school you're going into college. It's just the way it was. There were no gap years. There were no... Mm You know, obviously, I'm sure people that, you know, other people did decide just not to go or whatever. But in general, where I grew up and in my school, that Mm -hmm. was kind of the expectation. So I thought that was really interesting and that also Gen Xers tend to learn more and seek additional training to advance their careers.
0: Yeah, which that's true. And right. I
1: love yep. learning new things.
0: I just love it. Me too. And like we mentioned before, you and I didn't finish college. Yeah, and which we, is we, interesting. And <laughs> I know. I mean, I left to, to go to theater stuff and then you left to go over to a band. Music. to be a rock. Star. Yeah. A rock star, and so and now you know what's so interesting is there's uh, over the last several years there's been a lot of push towards let's get these kids to vocational school because all of these yes. plumbers you know are 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 retiring and there's nobody there to replace them and it's you know it's skilled labor you you do have to learn how to do it and people are really good at it and there's no shame in learning a skilled trade no. we we need those kind of people. And some people that are are actually better at that than going and sitting behind a desk. And so there's different jobs for different people. And it just depends on what suits you. But I love that things are going back to you don't have to go to a typical four year college. You know, you can go to a trade school. You can go to learn how to cut hair or you can just be an entrepreneur. I mean, there's no shame. Right.
1: But, you know, this article also brought up an interesting fact that I hadn't thought about is if I, you know, in the past have been I've had a few jobs. And when you go on a a job interview or you're looking for a job to this day, it still is important for you to have a four year degree. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're filling out those pages and pages of, you know, uh, applications and. If you don't click that you have graduated from college, you are automatically out, no Mm -hmm. matter what other training you've had or what you've done in your life. And the fact that that is still a thing frustrates the hell out of me because I feel like overall people don't necessarily feel that way in society anymore, but that is still there. And I'm wondering after reading this article, because a lot of the people that run those businesses are Gen Xers.
0: You're right. Who expect
1: the finishing of that four-year education. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a really good point.
0: Totally. I think that's interesting. And I think that'll change as the millennials end up moving up.
1: I do too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was a really like real eye opener for me. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Well, that kind of makes sense. And then the last common characteristic they said was comfortable with technology. This Mm -hmm. generation is directly responsible for the rise of modern technology. I mean, think about it iPhones, Mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Apple, you know, we were the ones, our generation, that that created all that stuff. But the funny thing is I will say I'm comfortable using it, but I'm not someone who is comfortable digging into, like, when things go wrong or all the technical aspects of it. And I think Mm -hmm. that actually comes from more of having that creative mind than the technical mind, more than a generational thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, we were the first generation to have
0: a cell phone to have internet. I mean, and we were, we were, you know, youngish at the time. So I think you're right. I mean, we all at least have the comfort level to be able to, um, to get on the computer and do the things you need to do. But it's always good to have, I I speak for the both of us husbands that are tech savvy. (laughs) <laughs> on the subject.
1: Oh my goodness, that is for sure. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that comes not the fact that we couldn't figure it out. It's just not exactly. our interest. You know no. what I mean? No, it's not yeah. our interest. And so I, I
0: feel like then, you know, if if they needed something from us that is more our interest,
1: then here we are. Here we are, baby. Uh, come well, and get it. To wrap up this article, it made me laugh because they, they had some common jobs that a Gen Xer could pursue or would pursue, and they are diesel mechanic, warehouse manager, (laughs) HR director, or software architect, and I literally LOL'd. (laughs) I mean, you were in HR for a while. Uh, I was, yeah. And that one I could probably closely relate. Of all of these, that would be the closest I could relate to because I like working with people, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I could see me have gotten into HR you know that would have been a direction that I probably would have been happy with or could have gone. but the rest of it just made me laugh so hard. I was like, what out of all reading all these things that's what you got out of that like I- <laughs> <laughs>
0: So weird. I know. Well, I mean, you, you've you been, you know, offered the job of FBI agent and Ghostbuster. Well, like that's who... true. <laughs> <laughs> you can do anything, Suze.
1: And speaking caveman, you know. Yes, you can. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I think that's what kind of made me go, huh, with those. They're not that they're just like perfectly wonderful jobs, but they talk all about, you know, uh, flexibility and work-life balance and all of this, like, you know creative sort of like feel and then these jobs mm-hmm. are just like wah wah I don't know it just kind of made me laugh <laughs> <laughs> and things that I would never right now right like now. seek you know pursue to do so god no so no, interesting no, no, no. so interesting you guys all think about this I thought it brought up really interesting
0: points didn't you Ange I did it gave us some t- it, it I love well, I love Gen X everything. but I also <laughs> i I love uh, reading something that's affirming or reading something you know that helps me understand why I do things the way I do or why you know my friends do things the way they do and sort of also giving people passes like boomers that's just how they are that's how they've grown up and Mm -hmm. also like allowing myself to just be okay in the in the taint and and take from (laughs) take from both sides especially since
1: you know we're the loomy to your taint so if it's really you know stinky and and you know hard to deal with, we're mm. here to put a salve on it <laughs> to make it just, you know, be easier to live with and, you know, a little more understandable about that, that taint. Ups. Everybody needs a good salve. <laughs> For oh the my sweaty God. taint, the paw taint.
0: The paw taint. Oh, that is a sweaty ass taint right there.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. well. Oh what do we got going on next week? Well, we've had a very interesting conversation going on. So in reading a lot of things lately about, you know, the state of the world and everything, uh, I recently read that the term being called a lady or ladies, like when we say, hey, ladies, that can be really offensive to some women. And I think I kind of have heard that in the past, but, you know, as things are coming more to light about, you know, learning how we're dealing with other people in the right way, I started to think, hmm, I wonder if this is something that we should address here on feminine hijinks, because obviously we use that language a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. We want to understand what that means. So we're just really curious to find out, to talk more about that and find out from you guys your thoughts on the whole lady or ladies term. Yes, exactly. And every time I hear
0: it, all I can think about is the Beastie Boys. Hey, ladies. <laughs> I do love that song. I do love that song. But I have opinions about it and you have opinions about it. And we are gathering um, other people's opinions about it. So this is going to be a really interesting episode next week. And we hope you come back.
1: Yeah, we hope you join us and put your two cents on what you're thinking. There is a current poll right now um, on Mm -hmm. uh, our Feminine Hijinks podcast page. So Mm -hmm. if if you can, guys, get on there and weigh in. We'd love to hear what you think. Well, the poll's going to end today. Oh, never mind. Maybe we'll do it again.
0: <laughs> I think we'll do it again. Week. Yeah, I think we'll do it again. That's a good idea. So yeah, so we'll see you next week. We're here every Monday on com, And you can also stream us, download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and tune in. Also Facebook and Instagram. And look forward to some really cool Patreon information coming your way.
1: Woo-woo, that's a simmering in the pot. Simmer. Simmer it. All right, guys. Love another indoor sports. XOXO. Bye.